This week's message, given by Pastor Stephen Yun at the Second Southern United Methodist Church, December 10th, 2023. The message is, Do You Hear What I Hear? Based on Isaiah 42, 9-10a and Luke 2, 13-21. It's good to be here with you. Do you join me as I pray? Loving, gracious God, we are grateful for your Son, Jesus Christ, who came as the Prince of Peace. We're living in a world where we need that peace more than ever, O oh God. Not only in our world, but also in our personal life, we want to hear the sound of peace, the message of peace that will transform our hearts, and our minds. Come Holy Spirit, open our hearts and minds to the movement of the Holy Spirit. And we pray all this in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Actually, my mic is on, so uh, I was just trying to speak without making a sound. Did you hear what I said, though? Did you see what I... Well, I said, good morning, it's good to be with you. That's what I said. Well, imagine you have to listen to my sermon without hearing my voice. It will be a big pain, right? It will be quite challenging for all of you because you will need to read my lips and watch them without undivided attention. In order to understand what I say, you will need to pay close attention to my lips. You know, sound is a crucial medium for communications. But it also has the ability to trigger powerful memories because, the way, because of the way our brain processes and stores the, the sound information. This is why sounds are often linked with specific memories and times and events and experiences. It evokes emotions tied to those memories. Like an original soundtrack in a movie, if you hear this piece of music or certain sound and reminds you of a joyful or sad or nostalgic moments you encountered in the past. I don't know about you, but there are various sounds that signal the season of Christmas. You know, it could be different uh, sound for different people. For some of you, it's a cozy sound of a crackling fireplace, or the sound of people gathering, chatting, and laughing at a party. Perhaps the sound of clinking glasses for toast. Or the sound of wrapping paper being toned like this, 
as a gift is being opened. Or the sound of a bell like this. Or one of these jingle bells. Or that alarm, I don't know. <laughs> or this handbell ringing in front of the mall by the Salvation Army. But I guess for many of you, it's Christmas carols, Christmas music playing in stores or a radio station, whether it's classic songs like the first Noel, which is my most favorite carol, the more modern tunes like Mary Did You Know. These songs usher in the coming of Christmas and reach our experience of Advent and Christmas. Now, can you imagine Christmas without these carols, these hallmark sounds? What would our Christmas look like or feel like without these sounds? Can you think of this season without Christmas carols? Let's say you're in a church for a Christmas Eve service. And you go home without singing Silent Night or Joy to the World. For most of you, something might feel missing from the service. Tells the power of these carols, Christmas carols that bring us together, sometimes in ways that the words alone cannot express. Just as it's difficult to think of Christmas without Christmas trees and lights and ornaments. It is equally challenging to envision it without Christmas carols, music, and all the sounds that fill the air during this season. Because it evokes our collective memory of this, the most wonderful time of the year as the song goes. But during this season, I sometimes feel inundated, bombarded with all the sounds, excess of sounds and noise from the world. As Matt Roll points out in his book, Experiencing Christmas, which is the book that we're, study, uh, we're studying during this Advent season, he says, sometimes Christmas can be too loud. And I agree with that. You know, even though we may not necessarily be aware of it. This critical awareness leads us to the very first Christmas where all the sounds we enjoy today as essential part of Christmas didn't exist. It prompts us to imagine and ponder on what the first Christmas looked like and sounded like. This time, I want to invite you to uh, close your eyes, if you can. I'm sure you all can close your eyes, right? Um, and imagine the first Christmas. What sound do you hear? 
Do you hear magnificent orchestra music in the background? Probably not. Do you hear the sounds of animals in a stable? Lowering cattle and bleeding of sheep? What about the sound of rustling of hay? The whistling of wind? Of course we cannot miss the cries of a newborn baby, sound that confirms the arrival of the Prince of Peace in this world. Now you can open your eyes. Sometimes we hear better when we close our eyes. So that's why I invited you to close your eyes. According to today's gospel lesson, some people heard the sound. You know, there's some shepherd who heard the sound from heaven. On the very first Christmas, they heard this first carol, the carol often called Gloria. In Latin, we have Gloria in, in the choir here. It was this song, this first carol was echoed and sung by the great cloud of heavenly host, the heavenly choir. In verse 14, it says, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. Friends, what would the shepherd hear from this first Noel? The first carol. What message did they hear from this first carol on the first Christmas? I believe what they heard was the sound of peace. The peace that the presence of Christ brings to our world. I mean, even after 2,000 years, the shepherds are asking us, asking us, do you hear what I hear? Remember the song that we heard last Sunday? Do you hear what I hear? They're asking us, do you hear the sound of peace I heard on that very first Christmas? As we reflect on the story of shepherds on the first Christmas, I want to talk about what hinders us from listening to the sound of peace? And how can we better hear the sound of peace during this season of Advent and Christmas? First, let's think about the sound of peace, which is deeply personal and subjective. Each of us encounters the sound of peace from different places and experiences. Personally, I hear the sound of peace when I'm on a shore. I love the ocean. So when I'm on a shore, I listen to the calming sounds of wave. It comes and goes. Some of you may hear the sound of peace from the gentle rustle of leaves and trees in the forest. When you go for hiking or the soothing flow of a river. And it's nature's symphony that allows us to hear the sound of peace. When we pause and turn to nature, we can hear the sound, to hear the sound of peace. 
We also hear the sound of peace from music, whether it's vocal or instrumental, slow tempo or fast tempo, major or minor in tunes. Especially Christmas carols have the magic to evoke a sense of peace and tranquility when we hear them and sing along. On the first Christmas, the first carol sung by the angels was Song of Peace, which has inspired so many musicians and composers for over 2,000 years and became motif for countless Christmas carols sung by Christians. If there are more than enough songs of peace like the first carol we, we find in Luke chapter 2, then why is our world filled, inundated with news about war, conflict, and violence? Why does our world seem to resonate with more with the sound of unrest, discord, than with the sound of peace? We wonder and ponder. You know, in Israel, the people greet each other with the words, Shalom. In Arabic countries, Arabic countries, like the Muslim countries, they say, Assalam alaikum. And you know what they both mean, Shalom and Assalam alaikum? They both mean, Peace be upon you. What's ironic about the Middle East is that their political military climate is like a ticking bomb with a timer inside so you cannot see the time. And you never, you never know when it will explode. The truth is that you cannot live in peace with a ticking bomb. And we wonder and ponder why the military aggression and hatred are so persistent and pervasive in the Middle East, in the place where they wish each other peace all the time. Of course, there are deeply complicated historical, political, religious backgrounds behind what's happening in the Middle East, especially between Hamas and Israel, between Israel and Palestine. We need to make a distinction between the two, right? And I don't mean to delve into it this morning. I hope you can educate yourself about this issue with a broad and, and more balanced perspective. You know, we can hear and experience the sound of peace in nature, in a theater, in a church like ours. But what would the sound of peace be like in the Middle East now? What would the sound of peace be like in Ukraine today? Where the sound of missiles and bombs continue to fill the air. What would the sound of peace be like in Washington, D.C.? In the midst of un upcoming presidential election. What would the sound of peace be like in the United Methodist Church with all the divisions and disaffiliation that we have experienced, what would be the sign of peace like in our difficult relationships 
where you pretend to be calm even though you are secretly boiling inside. To hear the sound of peace, two things we need to consider. First, we must discern the sound of peace from other noises surrounding us. In the case of Palestine, Palestine and Israel, because of all the sounds they hear in the media, in the community, the sounds of fear. The fear of losing more of their land and their property, the fear of losing their loved ones, fear of losing their rights, the fear of being abandoned, forgotten by the other parts of the world. When we are preoccupied with the sounds of fear, there is no room for the sound of peace to be heard. It makes it hard and challenging to hear the sound of peace. Remember the, first, remember the first word that angels said when they appeared to the, to the shepherds? The angels said, do not be afraid. And we know that's the same word that the angels spoke to Mary when the angel appeared to Mary. Our God knows how strong the sound of fear is. It's strong enough and destructive enough to the point of paralyzing our reason, our faith, our love for God and others. Just as our physical hearing needs, sometimes needs the help of AIDS, our spiritual hearing does as well especially when it comes to hearing the sound of peace. And I remember one of my, one of my uh, former parishioners sharing his experience when he first did wear the hearing aids. I know some of you are wearing, wearing them. What a difference they made. What a difference they made. He was able to hear so many sounds he had not been able to hear for a long time. But you know, these hearing aids have not created any sounds. They simply allowed him to hear what was already existing. I was doing a little research on the hearing aids, and I found this um, diagram that shows how the hearing aids work. You know, the hearing aids, it, it begins with the microphone. The microphone and the hearing aids pick up the sound from the environment. And it sends the signal to the processor and amplifier where a sound is processed and amplified. So those processed signals are sent to the receiver so the person can hear the sound. Just as our hearing aids, knees, the support, the help of AIDS, our spiritual hearing needs the support. You know, the sound of peace was sung and echoed by the angels and was amplified by Jesus, the Prince of Peace. When it comes to hearing the sound of peace, there are so many noises 
so many noises out there that hinder us from hearing its subtle but steady rhythm echoed by the presence of Jesus. These days, new pair of hearing aids is very expensive. I heard it's more than $3,000. But the special hearing aids I just mentioned are freely given and accessible to everyone. And do you know how we call these special hearing aids? It's prayer. P-R-A-Y-E-R. The special hearing aids we all need to discern and better hear the sound of peace is prayer. As many of you know, we started Thursday prayer and we'll continue doing this throughout the season of Grant. I think we have two more weeks to do. What I love most about praying in the sanctuary, of course you can pray anywhere, everywhere, but when I come to the sanctuary and sit in silence, I can better discern the sound of peace among all the sounds I hear in my life, in my ministry, especially those sounds of fear inside of me. And it helps me to discern the sound among all those different sounds and help me to amplify it, to be heard by my soul and to be lifted to God. That's what prayer does to me. Help me discern the sound, amplify it. You know, there are many ways to sharpen our spiritual hearing, but prayer gives you the special capacity to hear the sound of peace. I hope you will utilize it. Second, what we realize from seeing these global conflicts, our own personal issues of conflict, is that it's one thing to hear the sound of peace and another thing to share the sound of peace. In today's gospel story, the shepherds not only heard the sound of peace from the angels, but also shared it with the family of Jesus. You know, they went to Bethlehem where Mary and Joseph welcomed the baby Jesus. They reminded them of the promise of God they heard earlier. The shepherd assured Mary and Joseph that true peace, true shalom, is rooted in the presence of Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace. What's interesting about Mary's response in the story is, though, that she treasured and pondered on what she heard in her heart. You know, there wasn't a whole lot of joyful celebration. She quietly embraced what she heard. And the story reminds us that even in the midst of celebration, joyful celebration, there's a place for quiet and silent pondering. It assures us, that, assures us that even if we cannot experience emotional brightness due to our personal hurt and pain, there's still a space for us to participate in the good news of Jesus Christ, the good news of Christmas. In his book, Matt, Matt Roll says, 
Quote, words alone cannot contain God's abundance. Jesus revealed to the world. We sing, we dance, we celebrate, we treasure, we ponder, and sometimes we remain silent. Unquote. Friends, what you are called to do during this season of Advent is to invite the Christ peace fully and wholeheartedly into your heart, into your life today. By discerning the sound of peace and amplifying it and sharing it with others. I'm sure many of us keep searching for peace in our lives. Searching for peace in the midst of pressure. Searching for peace in the midst of conflict, anger, grief. Searching for peace in the midst of health issues. Hardships. Searching for opportunities to become the sound of peace to others in need. Each of the four weeks of Advent, we have three more weeks to go. These weeks, we choose the same invitation. Come. We have three weeks of repeated invitation to break through our busy schedules, our jobs, our relationships, and life matters that often lead us to lose sight of the sound of peace that comes from Jesus Christ. May we all experience peace and hear the sound of peace during this season of Advent and Christmas. And here's the prayer. Here's my prayer for all of you this morning. And I hope that you can continue this prayer in your life. Come, now the Prince of Peace. Come. Amen.